0: about.
1: <laughs> well, my special topic here is mental health, but I'm down for anything.
0: So what is your um, your your particular interest in the, in the topic of mental health? Um, mental illness, emotional and behavioral health and wellness, um, or mental wellness? Like, what's your interest?
1: Well, I do have a profound interest in mental illness, just because I have a big background in having them. But I also like studying it from a psychology and sociology
0: standpoint. Okay. So when, uh, uh, when you say that you've, you've had, you know, a couple of mental illnesses, you mean like you have been, you've had diagnosed uh, uh, mental illnesses or struggles with um, some of the of the dsm or diagnostic and statistical man- manual or like so what well, you
1: Yes, I have been diagnosed with a few things and I think the kind of issues that I have have changed over time but in middle school it started out with just basic anxiety and depression and then over time, I was diagnosed with, at a certain time, PTSD, at a certain time, borderline. It kind of depends on who I've gone to and when, you know?
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I the, the thing is, symptomology sometimes varies from time to time. You know, sometimes we're struggling with one thing and then not another. We're having yeah. some symptoms, but not another. Um, I think continuum of care is really, really important when it comes to um, adequate or proper diagnostics and follow-up. So um, I think it's important that whatever practitioner that you're seeing, that they are requesting uh, your release of information form to be filled out yeah. by you, so that they can communicate with the last therapist or psychiatrist or a psychologist that you you know previously saw. So, do you think, um, do you think that the services that you've received, at you know up to this point in your life, do you think they were helpful for you?
1: Ooh, that's like a big yes and a big no because exactly one year ago, I was getting out of a mental hospital in Charleston where I spent close to a week, and it was really wonderful that that experience because I saw an entire team of professionals and there was a social worker there was a psychiatrist and a bunch of med students and it was great and a couple months before that in february after a traumatic event I had attended or you know I say that like I had a choice but I had I had gone to a different psychiatric facility and that one was the first one that I'd ever been to and it was It was honestly everything that could possibly be wrong with a psych hospital. And so I've kind of seen
0: the best of both worlds. (laughs) Okay. So was it in the same area or in a different area? Well,
1: the bad experience that I had, I'll say it was in Myrtle beach in South Carolina and the good experience was in Charleston. So my friends basically drove me two hours so I wouldn't have to go to that same hospital again.
0: Mm. Wow. So is that bad?
1: uh, Yeah. I mean, all of my friends, unfortunately, my friends and I all have a story about that place. Um, The one that was bad. (laughs) We all have
0: stories. So if you could fix fix one thing um, with psychiatric hospitals what would it be?
1: Oh well the the worst part about my like the worst part about my first experience I think was the fact that we were all kind of crowded together at any given time so it's especially bad for people who might have anxiety or might be autistic you know the idea that there's nowhere you can go to get away like you're not allowed to go into your bedroom you can't like go to the bathroom on your own um you know there's just always someone within a few feet of you so meltdowns are super common and it's hard to prevent them Mm -hmm. but then if you allow too much privacy i understand how people can get hurt so it's a hard line to tread
0: so, what about um, housing people with simi- similar mental disorders together, or you know, similar or on the same continuum? Because that's kind of how they're grouped at this point. We we group them on a continuum in the diagnostic manual. So, like if if you're on one end of the spectrum, let's say the beginning stages of of you know traveling this path of of mental disorder. And then this other person may be at the middle stage of that same disorder. You two are in the same room together. And then maybe because your particular disorder doesn't include suicidality or suicidal ideation, then those people who are in those types of mental disorders, categories or, you know, um, those particular areas, they're grouped together. So then it allows enough privacy for the ones who are functional in other areas where others aren't at that time.
1: That's super helpful because one of the biggest problems, uh, you could tell the first hospital that I went to had very few resources and such uh, because we had people in there who were there for addiction. We had depression and anxiety mixed with psychosis and... We unfortunately had a lot of elderly people there also who were just, they were there for something like dementia. And it was the strangest and most awful combination because we were all in very, very different places. And group therapy wasn't very effective because of that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Um, so if... um If all psychiatric facilities and rehabilitative facilities were designed in the same way and they were designed in the way that I just mentioned, do you think they would be more effective for the patient experience?
1: Oh, yeah, I think that would be way better.
0: Okay, so that may be something to bring up, you know, in legislation. So a little bit about me. I am a psychotherapist, marriage and family therapy, systems oriented therapist. And um, primarily, medical doctor. So, wow! I think for me, (laughs) nice to meet (laughs) you. It's um, for me. It's really it's important to get the perspective of the clients that we service because at the end of the day, that that's what help uh, helps us to be able to provide optimal and efficient services. We don't know what the experience is like. We can only guess what it may be like for mm-hmm. the different clients who are uh, uh, However, if the patient experience is not what it should be or up to par or what we expect it to be for the um, patients that we service them, essentially, we need to improve it, right? Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful. Right, so the, um, the best way to be able to improve it is to be able to get insight like yours, you know, and document that, and then move forward with um, some level of making suggestions and, you know, structural suggestions and reformation for change um, in the system. So I definitely would do that. South Carolina is not far for me. (laughs) Wow, really? That's wonderful. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it isn't far at all. And actually, I'm very familiar with the Myrtle Beach area. So... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, I like the name, but
1: everyone kind of knows what I'm talking about, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me, what do you think is the most positive thing about the positive experience that you you had? What is it about that particular facility that makes you feel uh, hopeful uh, or like you could? You maybe you feel like you could get better.
1: Well, I love the fact that I had a whole treatment team, and that. You know, unlike the first hospital, people devoted more than, like, a couple minutes a Um, day to um, us. They really sat down with us. Um, And also, I love how the social workers were always willing to let you know what's going on in your care and let your parents, your caregivers know. There was complete uh, transparency and mutual understanding, which I think was important.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. So, um, the thing about social workers, I do like social workers and marriage and family therapists because they're more systemic and they look at things for, from an environmental and, and social cultural kind of way and um, look at symptomology in the same way. So we don't necessarily pathologize every every situation so that patients don't feel like oh, this is just the end of the world. The idea is to help people feel hopeful because every situation is hopeful. You know, we may find ourselves in maladaptive situations or in a circle of maladaptive you know, mm-hmm. situations in life. But it doesn't mean you can't jump off that circle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then like traveling a different path.
1: Yeah, um, and it's very important to be focused on the situation and not so much the diagnosis, not so much you know, focused on the situation more than medication, I think, because at that first place, you know, we would be listened to for maybe two minutes, and it's like, you have depression, you need to take these meds, and mm-hmm. yeah, the communication was just not really there, and if you said, you know, if you said, for example, this medication makes me Mama, sleepy, uh, I take it at night, they would just be like, no, we do it in the morning, things like that, you know. What? Oh
0: my goodness, gracious. Like okay, so we definitely need improvements in that area. I apologize for your <laughs> the negative experiences. Oh, and please. it's really, really great that you you mentioned that treatment teams work best for you because that's always been kind of like what we've theorized. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, patients being optimally informed about their care and then being a part of the decision making process. Also, it's very, very important when it comes to the systemic lens. Um, so I'm glad that works for you as well. Hopefully, as you continue to care for your mental and your emotional behavioral health needs, um, things improve, your situations improve and your odds for improvement um, quicker. <laughs> um, they improve faster. Thank um, you. One last thing. You're welcome. One last thing for you, though. I I just had to because I just can't. Um, I, I can't just go away from it. What do you think about your social, cultural conditioning coming up in life influenced you to actually seek services?
1: Oh, that's really important. Uh- uh-huh. Because I I was raised by um, a father who was very Southern and traditional and grew up on a farm. And so he came from the tradition of we fix everything ourselves and we don't need help. Um, and that when my mom and I both ended up having depression, it was kind of an eye-opening experience for him. So uh, uh- luckily... Luckily, we were able to get over the whole, we don't need help mindset, but it's very common here in the South, I think.
0: It is, it is. Um, so it's it's good that you were able to overcome that, especially when it's like a cultural thing that, you know, has been passed down genera- generationally, and nobody believes you should see somebody. So then you're the black sheep of the entire family. You end up going at get services. But the good thing is that you improve your human condition overall and that you feel better. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was definitely nice um, chatting with you. I look forward to talking to you again. I know we're coming up on the cutoff time for these conversations. Um, I'm yeah. going to have you on again. Wonderful. Very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Have a nice night.
1: Good night. (laughs)